less stress, more time, more money. Welcome to the Cash Flow Contractor. Deep Dive. We're rolling. Where did that come from? We're rolling because there was film. Yeah, I know. People go, let's get that on film and we're rolling from the old tapes and stuff. Those are antique words, man. They don't apply anymore. Well, you didn't know that. We're flipping bits. Inside of those computers. Is a little real real There's this microscopic. Little little guy. Atomic size reel that's just real. Wow. Spinning. That's how the technology works, Martin. Okay. Well. It long ago left me. At one time, I wanted to know how a half adder worked, the circuitry, and I. What's a half adder? That's the absolute fundamental building block of computer logic. It's right. how it's you know, you know, binary. How you take a one and a one and you get one zero, right? Yeah. Anyway, it's how you do that with electric circuits. Interesting. Yeah, it's it's really pretty simple at the basic level. But it's complex. At the but same when time. you put when you put four billion transistors on a chip, it's starting to get complex. <laughs> yeah. A hat hatter, half half hatter. hatter. I There's what... a half adder and a full adder. Oh, half so, adder. Now I know that people are interested in this, so we're going to talk about it for a second. Okay. There's and, not and, or, not or. Those are the basics of logic. So an and circuit. Well, maybe this. Maybe we need a whiteboard. <laughs> but an, uh, logically, a an AND logic is if you have two switches going between a Martin, plus... I think the ambulance just cut you off. Yeah. I think, well, okay. <laughs> we'll, no. we'll start again. No, we'll just, we'll uh, we'll do a webinar where you get to explain logic to everybody. Yeah. How about that? Well, yeah, there, there's a dearth of it these days. Yeah. So... I really, as we segue in from our logic conversation, it's probably something that you should just delegate to somebody else Ooh. because I lost you and I'm sitting across from you and can see you. <laughs> so yeah. I'm only imagining what people are thinking on, They're thinking, on in their ears and yeah. I guess people on YouTube too. So uh, delegation, that's our topic today. Mm-hmm. What do you want to title this one, Martin? What I want to title it? Yeah. Delegate or die. <laughs> okay, why is that? Yeah. Well, delegation is a really difficult subject. Some of the, one of the stats out there is most recent SBA statistics: thirty point two million businesses in the United States. Eighty-five percent of them never even hire a single employee. Yeah. Which means that while they might technically be a business, what they really are is a high-risk job. Yeah, they're I would working say for that's... themselves, but they're they don't have anybody standing between them and not getting a paycheck. Right. So it really is delegate or die because at at some point, especially in the, in the trades, construction, and those kind of works where your back starts giving out, you're starting to realize, man, if I don't get somebody to help me here, I'm going to have to do not necessarily going to literally die, but your business, as you call it, is is going to go away. Yeah. So there you go. Delegate or die. Delegate or die. Yeah. Yeah. I think that there's so many people out there that aren't delegating, including myself, mm-hmm. that are missing out on 
free time that are missing out on really big growth inside of their company that are short shortchanging their people and their potential and i mean it comes back to lean a little bit with two second lean there's nine uh different types of waste eight i, I think but i think paul Akers gives a ninth okay yeah that he thinks about yeah. but there's eight okay eight types of waste and one of them is human potential talent wasting human potential yeah, yeah. and he says that's the biggest one yep and, and it is uh, I'm going to jump back a little bit. You, I know your business pretty well because we've worked together for a long time. You do delegate. Yeah. What you're no, saying I, is I, you could delegate more. Right. Well, I think, and I'm going to talk about this later, but I, I don't think I take the phrase delegate till it hurts. Far enough. Far enough. <laughs> like, I think I do delegate until there's enough wiggle room to take on something new and then right. I just keep going. Right. But, but at least you delegate and you sure. have the freedom to keep going. So, so what's the definition of delegate? Well, b- before I even go to that, because you caught me by surprise, I don't know what the hell it means. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a clever answer I, I, to it. It's getting somebody else to do your stuff, man. <laughs> you know, where you don't have to do it yourself. I, I mean, it, <laughs> you, you should have told me that before we got on camera. I could have <laughs> thought of something really cool. No, it's good. No, but it it, it is... Um, it is handing off the thing. Oh man, I don't, there's a guy named Ricardo. He's an economist from yeah. the 1700s, and I don't remember what they call his theory. But uh, people do things in relative. I, I might be better at everything than you are, or you might be better sure. making spears and wine. Okay. Okay. Spear random combination there. You might be better at making spears and wine than I am, but I can make spears and wine. He did this thing, it had to do with macroeconomics, but he did this thing as if, if you're better at spears than you are at wine, even though you're better at wine than I am, let me make the wine and you make all the spears. And then through a non-intuitive, but very provable phenomenon, we both benefit from that. And so one of the things about delegating is even though I might be able to do everything better than anybody who works for me. that That's not true, but it, let's sure. say that we're, I would be better off to delegate and concentrate on the things that I am, either the only one who can truly do it or that I'm very, very, very effective at. And get So that, that comes up with something I was going to talk about a little bit later, but the 70% rule. Uh, if somebody can do your duties, 70% as well, you are better off to delegate that role to them and concentrate on what you do best. And then actually the way we talk about it, also go find some expansion opportunities, things like that, so you can grow your business. Well, here's what it's, what ends up happening, right? You have been doing this, you started your business, you've been doing all the different tasks and wearing all the hats and you hire somebody to come in and do something and they do aspects of their job correctly but then they do aspects of their job at that 70% of what you could do. And what ends up happening is the you get pissed off as the owner that they can't do that. So you start taking it off their plate and then the employee never gets trained on how to do it the right way and they think that they're not good enough at it and then they feel like they are not good enough for their job and they don't progress in their in their role at all. But then also you're still stressed out because you hired someone to do a job that they're not actually doing because you're not allowing them to do it. 
And at the end of the day, the 70% is actually better because you're not going to get it done as the owner because you're overwhelmed and you don't have the time anyways. So perfectionism really comes in to play there where you're wanting it done perfect when the saying done is better than perfect. And um, I think the approach that people sometimes will take in those situations of taking it on themselves and not going through the time to coach their and train their employees is the start of a flywheel almost of just not having the right culture and team values around growing the business. It's really just creating that job. They're on that flywheel to create the job, not the company for themselves, right. that high risk one. Yeah, uh, I think there's, there's another thing that happens that can happen, which is the opposite of what you just said, that you delegate to somebody and you have to watch out for them delegating it back. And by that, I mean yeah. to say, hey, you need to go measure this and then go over and take it over somewhere. And they say, I will, right, just as soon as you get me the address. Yep. Well, now you got, it's back in your plate. They subtly shifted yep. it right back and, hey, I'm waiting on you. You've got to get me the address. Absolutely. And so th- it, it goes both ways. But I think before we get too much into the specifics, we ought to explain or, or discuss why it is so important. And we, we already said that it's the difference between owning a job and owning a business, delegate or die. Mm-hmm. The, the other way, the common way that we talk about and the world talks about is it's the only way you have to work on your business as opposed to in your business. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you can't free up and delegate less worthwhile projects, um, you're not going to have time to do the things that, that you need to advance yourself and your, and your business. Yeah. And a last thing kind of to discuss, too, a um, guy named Derek Sievers uh, created a company called CD Baby, yeah. which most people may not have heard of, at least not recently, but back in the early 90s. And Derek Sievers, he wrote a book called Anything You Want. It's a real short read. I recommend it. You can read it at one sitting. But this guy was a really, really, really bright guy, interested in all kinds of things. But he was a musician as well. And he was a musician, not but. Uh, but he had heard about the inter- this internet thing in the early 90s, 94, 95, something like that. So he gets in, he learns how to write HTML and creates a website. One of the things that he did as a, magi- as a musician, not a magician, was sell his CDs on his website. Right. And, you know, the, at that time, bands would go out and play a gig somewhere and then say, hey, come up, buy a CD, you know. Well, he started selling them on his website, and other musicians said, hey, will you sell ours too? And he said, oh, write your own. You know, it's easy. Well, we don't think it's easy, so he started selling other people's CDs. And he grew this business from zero to, I think it was $20, $22 million in sales, selling CDs. Matter of fact, he's the first acquisition of iTunes. Uh, Steve Jobs bought him, and I, I believe it's the very first acquisition foundation of iTunes. Well, the thing here was Derek Sievers didn't really give a damn about running a website, running a warehouse, shipping CDs. Matter of fact, he vigorously did not like that. He wanted to do other things. So in his book, he tells a story about how he was just getting overwhelmed with running a business. And so one day, a guy walked into his office and asked him how to do something in a warehouse. And he said, come with me. He went outside, he called everybody around, got up on literally on a box and said, this was the question, this is my answer. 
do you have any questions? Answered him if he did. He said, I never want to hear this again. <laughs> well, after about two months of that, it was crickets. And he, quote, unquote, delegated everything to the people who ran his company. Well, what he had done, in fact, and the point of the whole story is he, is, he abdicated his responsibilities. And it turned out, and it's in his book, that the, that the employees began to run the company and voted themselves all the profits, and he had to sue them to get them back, to get his company back. And, but anyway, in the effort to delegate, just to get it off his plate, he wound up abdicating versus delegating. So that's something you gotta watch out for, is it is not okay just to say, Bob, go do that, yeah, and trust it to him without, without any instruction, without being clear, without measuring them, mentoring them. Yeah. So we've always got to be careful. Delegation is the uh, key to growth and survival, but you've got to make sure it's delegation and not abdication. I think abdication is um, deceiving because it does seem like you're delegating. Uh, but what do you feel like the big differences are between, like, you know, maybe at the outset they kind of look similar. But throughout well, they're the both course. getting them off your plate. Right. That's about as similar as it is. Right. So yeah. what are the like specific details of like how it should look differently? If if you're delegating to somebody, we I think we'll run back and talk to maybe how to actually get the process. But when you are delegating to somebody, what you owe them is clarity. Yes. This is what I expect. This is what you're doing. This is what I expect from you and why I'm giving it to you. Another important thing is you were talking to someone. You're not talking to a group. Because if you're talking to five people, if you're assigning some task to five people, you're assigning it to no one. Yep. Somebody has to be responsible. So clarity, you owe it to them. This is what I want you to do. These are the results that I expect. So I want you, I'm working with a client right now, and one of the things that we want is 100% correct shipments out the door. Okay? We don't get anything back. We don't forget anything. This is a big problem in their company. So that's clarity. What are we doing? 100%, we're calling it the 100% initiative. 100% goes out the door with no failings. Now, will we achieve it? I don't know, but we're gonna get way better than we are. So that's what we expect. How are we going to measure you? We're going to measure parts come back and we're gonna put them on this. If anything come back, it goes on this scorecard. So clear expectations, clear uh, method of measuring. And then we, then we have to work with them or allow them to work to find the methods to accomplish that. And we have to give them the feedback. So delegation, and there are some subtleties to it. Well, we'll just leave it at that high level. You have to be clear about what you want, clear about how they're gonna be, what the performance standards are, clear about how they're gonna be measured, and then provide feedback. Uh, so that's delegation. Abdication is, Bob, I got a problem over at the Johnson place, go, go handle it. Yeah. And Bob, can be a wonderful person, but one of the disadvantages of, of abdication versus delegate, well, there are a number of them, but one of the main disadvantages is Bob's gonna go over there and handle it Bob's way. And Ted's gonna go to the other job and handle it Ted's way. Yep. And Frank's gonna go to another job, and I'm gonna use a lady's name, Lisa, is gonna go to this job, and they're all gonna do things differently, all left to their own devices. And it's not gonna be long before you don't have a clue what was going on or what was said it's the opposite of everything we talk about where you have systems and processes. So uh, delegation is, the other thing is, delegation is work. Oh. It's, 
it's very much, and that's one of the main reasons, and I think we'll talk about some others, but that's one of the rain, main reasons people don't delegate. There are others, but one of them is, oh my God, uh, I'm busy today. I'm, l- let me just do it. I'm just going to do it and get it off. Yep. It's, it's a capital investment in your life, less stress, more time, more money. It's a capital investment towards those goals. Yep. When you take the time to delegate and hand off a, a job duty and take it off your plate, but you're going to work more before you work less because they're going to mess it up and there's going to be a learning curve. You're going to have to train them. You're going to have to measure them. You're going to have to meet with them, give them feedback. So those are two right off the clarity and all that. And the other one is one's work and abdication is the opposite of that. Yeah. It's like, I'm trying to get out of the work. So here, go do it. I think for me, just a really simple definition of abdication and delegation is you're either invested in it or you're not as the owner. I mean, everything you said is right, but just the way that I see it is if there's delegation, I'm actively invested in the outcome, in the process, in the person that I'm working with, in abdication, I'm being selfish and I'm maybe expecting way too much from the person. Um, and I, I'm really not even treating it as a uh, as something I care about. And that that's how I see it. And you, in one reason, you may care about it, but you're just too busy yeah, today. Absolutely. And it doesn't mean you don't care, but you don't care enough to go that extra, that work harder before you can work work easier. And, I mean, I'm guilty of it as, I mean, just as any, any business owner, if there's things that I do really well about delegating and anybody on my team could probably tell you that I, there's some things that I've abdicated completely. And I think you're going to fall into that trap. But I think what you have to do as a leader to delegate well is to set up systems for yourself to succeed. Mm-hmm. So, you know, creating processes in your business is a great step. Um, I think setting up recurring meetings with your team and individual team members with yourself is another great way of making sure that you're delegating well because the reality is if you're just handing it off to someone and you never have a conversation with them about it again you've you've abdicated Mm -hmm. and so if you're going to need a conversation and you're going to need time to coach then you're going to have to to schedule time with that person whether it's a phone call whether it's a meeting um and lastly, I, I think for me, at least what I recognize is that when I'm de- delegating well, I'm asking questions because if I just sit here and tell someone how to do something, that's a, that's a training in my opinion. Like this is exactly how you're going to do it. Do this, do this. And they have a question. I just say this, 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 this. They're not really learning. They're just being trained on how to do it. I think when someone actually has been delegated something and that they're going to learn how to do it from there on out without my help and be able to think for themselves and implement a process for us, and I'm really going to tap into their talent, I have to ask questions and act like a coach. Um, you know, I, I guess an example for our team, you know, we do strategy meetings on um, Wednesdays with a couple of guys. Um, and as director at my company, I do all the strategy, uh, but that's not sustainable long term. And there's moments where there needs to be bits of strategy implemented without my without having to call me or whatever it is. And so 
we'll meet about a specific client, maybe a specific project we're working on, and we'll talk about the strategy for it. And I would say about seven times out of 10, I do a pretty good job of just asking questions of just, so what do you think we should do? Why do you think we should do that? How do you think we should do that? Well, what about this? Have you considered this? And it, I just ask those leading questions that help them to come up with strategy on their own, mm-hmm. even if I'm basically giving them the answer. And it just increases their involvement. They feel invested and they feel like they're coming up with the answer. And then ultimately they take ownership of that task. Whereas I can go into that meeting sometimes, it's been a hard week or I'm busy that day or whatever it is, and I just start giving answers. No, this is how you do it. No, that's bad. Why are we doing No, that's not, doesn't, doesn't apply. This is how you do it. We need to cover these areas, X, Y, Z, whatever. And those meetings go by a lot faster. <laughs> and they also end up me having to repeat the same thing over and over because I didn't invest the time and really the energy and attention to detail to ask the questions. So that's a, that's a big thing for me with delegation. Yeah, I um, think when it comes to delegation, there are, are a number of reasons people don't do it. We've talked about time. Yeah. Uh, I think there's another reason that's pretty obvious, and that's trust. Yes. Okay. Um, they think that perhaps uh, the person they have in mind, or they, maybe the whole staff, they don't have anybody who's competent to take on the position. Um, there's the old... We touched on it, but there's the old adage, if you want something done right, you have to do it yourself. And of course, that, <laughs> that's where that 70% comes in. I know that I've had many clients in the past that I call dirty fingernail clients. And that, that's not a pejorative. I'm not insulting anybody. What I mean is I've had clients who don't think they're earning their own keep, even if you own the business, yep. if you're not working. And by working, I mean hands-on. That's where I get the dirty fingernails. And so those are obstacles that somebody has to uh, confront and overcome if they're going to delegate. You know, I just want to bring it back to the delegate or die. You're going to have to delegate. So you're going to have to look at those issues. And it could be that you don't have anybody you can trust on your staff. Yeah, uh, in which case you have a hiring yeah, you problem. got the wrong staff. Yeah, <laughs> you got the wrong you got the wrong staff. Uh, you might not have anybody that's competent. Eh, you know that you you need to find that out. You you can't yeah. just necessarily say it. You have to get over the if you want it done right, do it yourself. Mentality. You just have to decide. Back to what you were saying, you just have to decide seventy percent is good enough. Yeah, sometimes good enough is good enough. Mm-hmm. You know, there's an old saying that good enough isn't well. Sometimes it is. Yeah, um, you can you can way over deliver on some things that don't need to be. Well, it, it's a lie too because it if you want it done right, do it yourself. Well, yeah, but if you want it done on time, don't do it yourself. Because the reality is, if you start doing everything right, well, you just have a job and you're too overwhelmed to actually do it. Like you're you have too many things on your plate. I mean, I talk to it. I talk to business owners all the time who are, we're doing our own marketing and stuff. No, you're not doing marketing. It's just not getting done, right. you know, or we're doing our own bookkeeping is probably an example you hear all the time. No, no, it's you're, just not getting done. Yeah. You're not doing it. That, that's what ends up happening is, well, I don't want it done 70% right. So it's basically just not going to happen. Well, I think we've established that 
I hope we've established already that if you want to thrive and grow in your business, you need to delegate. Mm-hmm. And so people wonder, I know from experience, how the heck am I supposed to start doing that? And one of the exercises that I like to have people do is to time lock. And, and it's a pain. People are saying, I'm too busy to do that. Well, you know, we're talking about dying if you don't. So yeah. in other words, in reasonable chunks, 10 or 15 minute chunks, carry around a, you can do it on, on your iPhone now, but I always did it with a piece of paper. What are you spending your time doing? Yep. And just, and if you can do that for a week, force yourself to do that for a week and then look back at how many I, I had one client that I ordered those little clickers, those counters, you uh-huh. know, where you click it and it's one, two, three, and I, he wore slacks all the time so he could put it in his pocket. And I said, uh, I want you to count how many questions you answer, people ask you every day. And it's been long enough, I don't remember the exact numbers, but it was hundreds. Yeah. And I said, there's where your time goes. Yep. So we've got to remove that by delegating the authority to make the decisions to these people so we can just check it out. And I don't remember, but he cut it in half in a in a period of about three months. But he needed that little clicker in his pocket to realize mm-hmm. how bad the damage was. If you're doing something creative or productive, meaning you're engaged in it, it's not just uh, something routine or rote that you do by habit. There's a study by MIT and it says if somebody comes in and asks you a question and you turn your head and look at them and answer it, and look back, it takes, I've read two things, one 11 minutes and the other 21 minutes to get back to where you were. Wow. So if that, if you get, if it's the 20 minutes and you get three questions an hour, you accomplish nothing. Nothing. I, and I'll give you an example from things that I like to do. If I'm in an Excel spreadsheet, it's a little complicated. Yeah. And I'm trying to think this times this and somebody, the phone rings and I answer the phone and I look back, it takes that time yeah. to get back. Now, what was I doing? If you're keeping books, if you're, if you're making projections or if you're designing a project or bidding a project, those are the kind of things. So you need to offload things so these things don't come to you and it frees you up to do those things. Yeah. So with that time log, you can begin to look. Uh, I guess I got off on the questions because that was this one guy. Sure. <laughs> it was just all questions. But you'll start to notice that there are categories, groups of things that you say, you know what that really is is managing my schedule, right? Or what that really is, is answering emails. Mm-hmm. Or So you can throw those two things together and say, responding to emails and managing my schedule. Well, maybe you could find a way to hand that off. If you're listening to me right now, you're thinking, yeah, right, how am I gonna hand off my emails? Well, I'm telling you, a lot of people do it. A lot of people. A lot of people have administrative assistants who weed through their emails, throw out the trash, put some questionable they don't know into a folder and send you the ones that they know you want to see. How they know you want to see? Well, one, because you started working with them, you told them, and they began to learn who you are over time, and they get really, really good at it. That's the uh, infernal gatekeeper that prevents you from getting through to make a sales call. But there are ways to do it if you decide that, and if if enough of your time on a timesheet is spent doing scheduling or returning phone calls or emails or um, 
anyway, other kind of real administrative duties like that. Then it's worth it. Then it's worth it to do it. Well, yeah. by time tracking, you look, holy cow, I spent seven hours last week on that stuff. What could I do if I had that seven hours back? So once you've, once you've done that, you've come up with something, a task to delegate, and then you can begin looking for the person who's appropriate for that. Then you begin to lay out with clarity what you want them to do and how they'd be measured, right? Yeah. And give them the feedback. And you've got seven hours per week, 28 hours of, of a month of your life back. Yep. Yeah, I think uh, it's super helpful to list out all the things that you do on a day-to-day basis, not just for the sake of delegation, but also for the sake of understanding your role um, for future delegation, for future hiring, uh, for what's most needed in your company. Um, and I think that uh, there's a really useful framework that I found actually yesterday uh, from a guy on Twitter named Shreyas uh, Doshi, and it's called Radical Delegation. Um, I don't know that there's anything crazy about it. It makes It's very intuitive. Um, it's not groundbreaking or anything like that, but it's a matrix uh, with four quadrants. And on the y-axis, if you can visualize, there is uh, be the left right one the y-axis is up and down up and down x okay. is across yeah that's correct yeah so I, che- I knew that i was yeah sure checking you did, to see sure you did. yeah so on the the y-axis what you're going to see is if you did this work how high leverage would it be how how impactful would it be on the business right and so you have on the on the bottom you've got low to medium and then at the top you've got very high and so you can plot the tasks on that matrix depending on how important it would be. So checking email would probably be a low task. Coming up with a strategy would probably be very high, right? And then if you look left to right uh, on the x-axis, you actually have who could do this work. And on the bottom left, you're going to have various folks. And then all the way to the far right, it's going to be only you, right? And so checking email can be done by anybody, but doing the strategy might only be able to be done by you, right? And so what you end up having is the, these four quadrants where in the bottom left, you've got tasks that various folks could do and they're also low to medium impact on the business. So you should really just delegate and forget those things where you you, sit, you pass them, that's a task that needs to be delegated 100% and you just let people know, hey, I'm here if you need me, right? And then at the... At the uh, top left corner of that quadrant where there's tasks that are very high leverage, very impactful tasks, but a number of people could do them. That's something that you delegate to the most suitable person. Like you make sure that you sit Somebody down. doing bids. Yeah. And then you try, you, you make sure it's really clear and you, you work with them through a few of them. You coach them on it. You check in on them regularly, those kinds of things, right? Then the tasks that are only able to be done by you, but they're not very high leverage. What you need to do is build a system for it to make it something that is able to be done by anybody and you can then delegate and forget. So you have to set up the essential foundation for those tasks. If it's not very high impact, somebody else needs to be doing it, not you. So why is it only you? Set up a framework, set up a foundation of a system that someone can work on. And then in that top right quadrant, where it's a very high impact, high leverage task, and only you can do it, 
go and do those things. That's where you should be focusing your time. And so it, it's just a really cool framework. It's called Radical Delegation by Shreyas Doshi. Uh, that's spelled S-H-R-E-Y-A-S. We'll put an image that of this uh, matrix in the show notes. Um, it's a really easy framework for looking at, hey, where does this stuff belong? And it gives you a little bit of guidance on to where you should be going with your delegation, uh, what tasks are most easy to set up, and things that you should be working on. So uh, I thought it was super helpful. Yeah. But... Yeah, the delegation kind of goes back to the three things. I don't remember. We have an episode on it. I don't remember what the title was, but accept, decide, and act. And accept that delegation is something you need to do. And and if you don't think it is, if you're entirely content being a craftsman and driving around and doing things yourself, and as soon as uh, your back goes out, you're done. Yeah. Then then fine. There's no there's no crime in that. But if you want more than that, what we talk about all the time, a highly profitable business that can work without the owner, you need to accept that delegation is going to be part of it. So, you, And you need to accept that it's up to you. You've decided that delegation is going to be part of it. You need to decide what you're going to delegate. Another, I mean, the time, uh, time tracking is just a hugely valuable tool. And if that's too hard to do, then you're going to have a real hard time delegating, doing the things you have to do. Yeah. But it's a really useful tool. But another kind of short circuit on that is wherever you are right now, maybe you're driving to the bank, maybe you're going to your attorney, maybe you're going to meet a uh, really important customer, maybe you're going to meet a subcontractor or a general contractor. Whatever you're doing, thinking, hey, who would do this if I weren't here? Yeah. And some of those things you might be thinking, nobody, like taking a suitcase full of cash to the bank Maybe you don't want to let anybody else do that. But on everything else, you say, man, who would do that? And then you start looking for that person. So accept, decide, and act. And the acting is looking for a person, a suitable person who can do that. And then begin to be clear about what the goals are, which require thought and discussion and and writing. So you're writing things down. The things that we talked about. What do you expect from them? How are they going to be measured? What are the duties that they need to do so that they understand them and how are you going to give them feedback and begin to hand things off. So it, it again goes back to accept, decide, and act. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think, again, we've we talked about this in an episode that we recorded this morning that is probably already released at this point, but um, being able to accept and decide and act it really comes down to your vision as well. Yeah. If you know right. what you want, yeah. then it's easier to accept and make that decision. Yeah. And if you're just running aimlessly, then no, it's a, it's a it's a key point. Um, if your vision is the key to everything, yep, it really is. If you if you don't care and you don't know where you're going, you you don't really mind. But as soon as you have it, Jim Rohn said, and I'm sure I've said it before on here, that if the prize is apparent, the price is easy. Mm-hmm. So if you really believe and you really want your time back and less stress, more time, more money the pain in the rear of delegating and training and holding people accounting and encouraging them and building them up is worth it because you have a place you're going. Yep. If it's just another day, then why do the effort? Yeah. Now, if you've got a vision to build a company that has is successful and has a great culture and a great team and all these things, but you fail to delegate, I wanted to run through some things that you'll probably see. Um, you're going to get overwhelmed and so will, will your team. Um, 
their work won't be as meaningful or challenging and you're going to be taking everything on. Um, you're also going to be unavailable to your team because you're going to be so busy. And so you're not going to be able to invest time in them. You're not going to be a good people leader. Um, your team isn't going to be stretched uh, to, to improve and to challenge themselves. And that's going to seep into your culture where people just kind of hang out and they do the bare minimum because that's all they know how to do. And they're getting a paycheck to do the bare minimum. So why, why would they try any harder? Um, you're also going to f- not get the important work done. You know, we talk about some really important things on this podcast. A lot of our episodes, like, you know, building a vision uh, for your company, building a great culture, um, creating an org chart, creating systems in your business. Um, you know, we just had one on accounting forensics that came out where, you know, making sure that you have internal controls so that people don't embezzle from your company, you know, legal things that we've talked about, contracts, none of that's going to ha- none of that important work is going to happen if you don't delegate the petty things or the things that anybody could do and focus on the things that really matter. Um, and then lastly, people are going to burn out at your company. Mm-hmm. It's just, you're going to lose people. You're going to have high turnover. It's going to cause more problems and everything's going to become a flywheel of doom. Well, we, that, that's a really good point. And one of the reasons or the main reason we're talking about delegation or so far is to the benefit of the owner. I mean, that's, that's who we're talking. Yeah. About. It is not a benefit to the owner at the expense of employees. No, because not at all. delegation, what what people want, and this is just comes from Daniel Pink's book. Uh, can't remember the name. I remember the name of the author, but uh, it's it shows up all over the place once once you see it. Is that what people really want? Employees really want is autonomy, mastery, and purpose. Yep. The money that you pay them, as Donald Miller says, is half of what they care about. And then he goes, no, it's way less than half. There's a certain amount of money required, enough money that people aren't under stress. After that, money is not a motivator. What they want is autonomy, mastery, and purpose. Yep. Autonomy meaning that they are not machines. They get to make decisions. They have responsibility. They get to navigate. And, and I read somewhere that they said a true leader, a, a masterful leader, when the team finishes it, the team will say, we did it ourselves. Yep. Right? They see that. So there's there's autonomy there. You're, Making you're giving responsibility. They can make decisions. They can be proud when they go home. They're not a machine. Mastery means that they want something that challenges them at a suitable level. Um, not to become a PhD in physics, right? but to improve, maybe learn how to use a computer. Everybody thinks they know how to use a computer. There are people out there that don't really know how to use it. You know, I mean, they can check their email maybe or, or use an iPhone, but they really don't understand. And when they learn that, it, it's fulfilling. It's, it's encouraging. So that's a simple example. I mean, if they learn something more complex, how to run a job, things like that. So autonomy where they're making decisions, mastery where they're, becoming more than they were before and then purpose of course is why am i doing this yeah and i know that we've talked in the past but that that goes back to the vision a a purpose for people working on a in a good company is always to not let down their teammates yeah Um, there are certainly more 
But that, those are the things they want. And delegating meaningful tasks to people helps them fulfill that. They, they get to make decisions. They get to learn something that challenges them at an appropriate level. And they have purpose because they can see that it was a meaningful task. If I didn't do my job, we couldn't have shipped today. If yeah. I didn't do my job, the guys would show up in their concrete trucks wouldn't be there, right? Yep. So uh, it's not just for the owner. It's, it's for your people. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, what do you think a good like one thing for this episode would be? My my in my opinion, it would be to start listing out all the things yeah. that you do, and then if you want to take it a step further, maybe throw them into categories and maybe even throw them maybe into the matrix that we show in the show notes of radical. No, I think I think that's it. That's literally how you get started. There's something that's pissing you off because yeah. you got to do it all the time, and. You have in your mind, oh, I can't do that. I mean, whatever it is, you've got that baggage in your mind. Whether you don't trust them or they're not competent or you don't have the time, BS. Get that thing off your plate. Yep. Get it off your plate. You will learn from that. Hey, it worked. Yeah. And I had just a quick story. I had a a client a number of years ago, and he came to me because his apparent heir to his company had died of cancer. Mm Mm-hmm. And this guy was real successful, and he said, but I'm worn out. And I said, well, we need, he said, I'm either gonna figure something out or I'm just gonna quit business or sell it. And he said, uh, I said, well, let's bring on a team and delegate, and you create a business that can work without you. And he said, do you think that's really possible? And I said, I not only think it, I know it is. And not just for him. I mean, I'm, it's a fact. There are a lot of people out there have done it. You might not have done it, but it, it's a fact. Yeah, it works. It happens all the time. And this guy, we went back and we, we determined two positions that he really needed that would unload him. One was an operations guy and one was a CEO for the company. He found both of them within a year in people who were already working for him. Yep, absolutely. And... So they're out, they may not already be working for you, but if you've got good trusted employees that you've, uh, that you've worked with for a long time, they, they probably know a whole lot more than you think. Absolutely. And, and you'll never know until you, you yeah. challenge them. So take one thing and get it the hell off your plate. And if you've already been delegating, maybe you already have a bunch of things that you're ready to de- delegate, that, that one step isn't gonna be a big deal for you, or you feel like you may have been abdicating more than delegating, my encouragement to you would be, set a recurring meeting with somebody that you're planning on delegating more to and coach them. It doesn't have to be an hour meeting. It can be a 20 minute meeting where you just ask them questions, see if they have any questions for you. And then you allow them to answer the questions themselves Mm -hmm. where you're just coaching them through it. And you're being a good leader, a good manager to help them through those things so that it's actual delegation, not just abdication. So, um, awesome. Well, I think that, this is a important topic. We've mentioned it already in several episodes, I believe, and we'll only mention it even further down the road. Um, but yeah, well, it's a it's critical. And if you can't learn to delegate, then what you have is a job, and nothing wrong with the job. But that's probably not why you got in business. Yep, absolutely. Well. Uh, thank you for listening to the Cashflow Contractor. Please, please, please share this 
with your friends, your family, your uh, coworkers, your network. Post about it on social media. Follow us, like us. Uh, we really appreciate the support and the encouragement. And we will see you at the next episode. See you later. Thanks for listening to The Cashflow Contractor. Check out our website in the show notes or visit thecashflowcontractor.com.